Thank you. How are we doing? Am I coming on? Oh, hello. How are we doing warmth-wise? Starting to warm up a little bit? Oh, someone's got their hands in the air with a T-shirt on. That's, uh, I don't know what to say about that. That's um, <laughs> a statement of faith. Uh, thank you so much to all of these people who've recently committed to attending our prayer re- meetings on a more regular basis. That's been a great thrill for us uh, and uh, really exciting. The uh, Sunday prayer meeting before the service has become increasingly busy. Uh, that one happens from 9.30 through to a quarter to 10, just a quarter of an hour. But it's an intense time of prayer and very exciting. Do feel free uh, if you'd like to join us. And it's, it's continued to get busier and busier to the extent we wonder whether we have to, might have to move rooms. It was a little bit quieter this morning. There were just the brave souls with their overcoats on this morning. But generally speaking, it continues to be uh, a very exciting meeting. Uh, a few Sundays ago, in that very meeting, we were praying together. And as we were praying, we began to spontaneously lift our voices and bring worship to God. I can't quite remember who was leading the meeting, but um, uh, as that happened, a number of us were convinced that actually we could hear heavenly voices singing alongside us. Now, if you've heard me sing, you wouldn't describe my voice as a heavenly voice, Um, but we felt that we could hear angelic voices. Now, There'll be a variety of different responses to what I've just said in the room right now. Some people might be excited at the possibility. Others of us might feel, I don't know, a little bit more cynical perhaps. Can I just ask you to bank your initial response to what I've just said and just bank that in your mind as we go through this morning. We're working our way through the book of Acts, as Martin said. We're not covering every single passage, but we are looking very much, focusing very much on the Holy Spirit-inspired moments of mission, witness, outreach. And today I'd like to continue. Jeremy Simpkins last week, our guest speaker, spoke from Acts chapter 8 and uh, uh, spoke of Philip in Samaria. I'd like to continue in Acts chapter 8 from verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with this very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. 
As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns, until he reached Caesarea. So here we have this interesting story about the Holy Spirit inspiring someone to witness to one particular person, to an individual. And this account starts with this remarkable statement. The, an angel of the Lord said to Philip. That's where we start. So we start this reading with an angel speaking to Philip. That's why I told you the story in the prayer meeting of the angelic voices because I want us to think about angels. I want us to think about the possibility that angels can be involved in the purposes of God by appearing to believers. I wonder how we feel about that idea. I wonder how we would feel, for example, if I suddenly said, an angel of the Lord appeared to me and told me to go to Clum. Now I, now, I mentioned Clun. I used Clun as a comparison to the desert road. I can insult Clun because I, I was born. That was the place I was born. I was born in Clun. I am indeed a Clunite. But what would you think if suddenly an angel... I say, you know, hey guys, an angel appeared to me and told me to go to this remote place in Shropshire. How would you feel? What, would you, what was your impression be? Oh, thanks very much. Now, now, now I'm, I'm not obsessed with angels. I'm much more interested in Jesus than in angels. But I raise the issue of angels for us to think about where we stand in our modern, western, cynical culture when it comes to supernatural things that seem to be much more frequent in the Bible. And we're inclined to assign them to that and say, that was for then, there, at that time, for those people then. Now, I'm, I've never seen an angel that I'm aware of. I'm not particularly bothered whether I see one or not. I believe I heard angels recently in that prayer meeting. But my point is not for us to go angel hunting. We're not up, up for angel chasing. My point is simply to challenge our mindset my own mindset. I'm wanting to challenge the, the cynic within me who would naturally think, well, how ridiculous. An angel in 21st century modern scientific age? No, don't be ridiculous. I'm wanting us to think again about that particular worldview. What I want to propose is that we continue to open our eyes to supernatural possibilities. An angel appears to Philip and sends him to a desert road. The interesting thing at this point is that Philip has no idea why. He doesn't know why he's going to the desert road. He's just sent, so he goes. He hadn't planned to do a mission there. This, is no, this isn't some sort of evangelistic strategy that Philip's devised. He's simply being obedient to the supernatural leading of the Holy Spirit. And then along comes this man in a chariot. 
an Ethiopian eunuch, an official in charge of the treasury of the Queen Mother. That's what uh, Candace was the traditional name for the Queen Mother of Ethiopia. This guy was a little bit like the Chancellor of the Exchequer, something like that. Very important official, almost certainly a black African. And it seems that he was either very interested in Judaism or he was already a convert to Judaism. He'd been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. He was now reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now, this is really interesting. Let's just make this clear. We as readers of this particular passage, we know that this man is reading from the prophet Isaiah long before Philip does. We're told in advance, as it were. All Philip sees is a man in a chariot, and he feels prompted by the Holy Spirit to draw near to that chariot. And that's all he knows at this point in time. Have a think about how that would feel for Philip. He has the voice of the Spirit saying to him, go down and draw near to that chariot. Now, if I was Philip, I, I don't know, I would imagine that I would struggle with this concept. I, w- I would have thought to myself, what am I going to say? You know, when I get there, all I've got is go to this chariot. I've got nothing else. You know, how am I going to introduce myself? I'm going to feel a little bit awkward walking up to this very official guy in this chariot and saying, well, there was an angel. You know, that's that's a difficult start to a conversation. Surely at this point, Philip's feeling a little bit nervous. Maybe he was questioning, you know, have I really heard from God here? You know, have have I really? He's probably thinking to himself, was it really the Holy Spirit prompting me? Or was it actually just my imagination? I know I would have been in that category. I would have been pondering, you know, is this, is this really true? Now, as Philip gets near to the chariot, we discover God's amazing grace and God's amazing timing. Because there's Philip walking up to the chariot thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I don't know what to say. He's panicking. I would imagine he is. I would be if I was him. And he's coming up. He's thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And as he gets near to the chariot he can see that this man is reading something. Oh, right. More than that, he suddenly realizes this man is reading from Scripture. This is becoming a little bit easier for Philip as he approaches the chariot. Not only that, this man is reading out loud from Scripture, so Philip can hear what he's reading. And even more incredibly, this man is reading about Jesus. And then the Ethiopian says, says to Philip, who's the prophet talking about? Oh my goodness, Philip, this is evangelism on a plate. What is all this fuss about Philip the evangelist, all these plate glass windows and all this? This is easy, man. How could it have been made any easier? Philip has the opportunity on the back of this to share the gospel with this man. He's able to explain what every person needs to know. That Jesus Christ, the unique Son of God, died on the cross for the sins of the world. That anyone who believes in Jesus will not be eternally separated from God, but will receive eternal life. Anyone who comes to God can have their sins forgiven, know what it means to be welcomed into full relationship with God. A relationship that will last forever, a relationship that death itself cannot even destroy. See, the gates of heaven open 
for everyone who comes to Jesus and realizes that he can save them. And as Charlie sang, he can rescue them from their sin. If there is anyone in this room today who is not sure of their faith, if you are not sure that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, if you are not sure that you've ever made a commitment to follow Jesus, if you're not sure that you have a relationship with God, if you're not sure that when you die, you will definitely go to heaven, can I say this is an important day for you? You have turned up on an important day. Because today provides you with an opportunity to come into real relationship with God. And I want to encourage you, at the end of the meeting, there's going to be a prayer team, and they're going to stand over there. And they will pray with you, and they will pray for you. And I want you, before you leave this place, I want every person in this room here, before you leave this place today, I want you to be 100% sure of your place in heaven. That's my great desire for every person in this room today. Philip tells, that's what, that's what happens in this story. Philip tells this Ethiopian official all about Jesus. And the man puts his faith in Jesus. He becomes a Christian on the back of his profession of faith. Philip baptizes him. It's a great story. Let's just spend a moment or two looking at what we might learn from this story. I believe there are lessons here about our own personal evangelistic opportunities, how we can be effective witnesses to friends, to family members, to neighbors, to others in our community. What we must not pick up from this story is the idea that we only need to evangelize when an angel appears to us, okay? Oh, I'm okay. No, no angel so far. I haven't got to worry. I will just carry on. I'll wait until I get what Philip got. We don't need an angel appearing in front of us to convince us of the importance of telling other people about Jesus. To be honest, if we never, ever, ever, ever saw an angel, we would still know that we need to be speaking about Jesus. We don't need to see an angel. All we need to see is a Bible. Matthew 28 from verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Mark 16, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. No angel is needed. That's pretty clear. We don't need an angel. So what can we learn from this? This is what I believe we can learn. As we look at being strategic evangelistically, as we look at planning our church program to provide opportunities for people to hear the gospel, which I believe is really important. Uh, we, we like to think about how we can link our social events with guest services and guest services with Alpha courses. As we do these things, which I truly believe are important and significant if we're going to be effective in reaching people with the gospel, and as we do all of these things, the, the Scriptures, the Bible tells us very clearly that actually evangelism is also a supernatural thing. 
Evangelism is also about being obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's not just about human planning. There's nothing wrong with us thinking strategically about evangelism. There's nothing wrong with us thinking strategically when it comes to presenting the gospel. But here we are reminded that actually God himself oversees the evangelism of his church and of his people. And as we are obedient to the Holy Spirit, and as we are obedient to him working, we will see fruit. God guides us as a church in mission by planning and organizing, by administrating well, by being strategic, but that's not the only way he guides our mission. It's clear from the Bible, and this story is a great example, one of the ways in which God builds his church today is to give direction to his people in extraordinary ways as the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not advocating for one minute that we set aside our Bibles and simply rely on our experience to guide us. I'm not saying that. I'm, uh, I'm not interested in prophetic people who never pick up their Bibles. I'm concerned about people who spend more time giving words than in the Word of God. To people who say, oh, it's all about the Spirit. Don't worry about anything else. It's all about how the Spirit guides us. I would say to them, that's how cults start. So please don't misunderstand me. I'm not advocating one over the other. That's why we have two wings on our prophetic aeroplane. Trust and encounter, word and spirit. But equally, I am saying that we need to be careful we don't miss opportunities of being guided by the presence of the Holy Spirit when we have those opportunities presented to us. To be charismatic is actually to be obedient to Scripture. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a great Bible teacher. He was a preacher at Westminster Chapel in London from 1939 through to 1968. And he was a great advocate of the Bible. And yet, this is what he had to say about the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. Just listen to the good doctor preaching to us just for a moment. He says this, Here again is a most extraordinary subject, and indeed a very fascinating one. And from one and from many angles a most glorious one. There is no question but that God's people can look and expect leadings, guidance, indications of what they are meant to do. There are many examples of this in scriptures, and I take one at random. You remember the story in Acts 8 of how Philip the evangelist was told by the angel of the Lord, arise, go towards the south onto the way that it goes down from Jerusalem and the Gaza, which is desert. Now, there are leadings such as that. If you read the history of the saints... God's people throughout the centuries, and especially the history of revivals, you'll find that this is something which is perfectly clear and definite. Men have been told by the Holy Spirit to do something. They knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to them, and it transpired that it was obvious that he was obviously, it was he leading. It seems clear to me that if we deny such a possibility, we are again guilty of quenching the Spirit. So this is a man who believes in the unique authority and the importance and the significance of the Bible, and yet he recognizes the significance of being open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so being open to the Holy Spirit speaking is not a denial of the importance of Scripture, it's the opposite. In fact, John Piper uses a very interesting analogy, and I'd like to share that with you to increase your confidence in being ready to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. This is what John Piper says. He says, imagine if you buy a sailing boat. Now, with the boat, you receive a manual 
an instruction book. And the title of the book is this, All You Need, All You Need to Know for Successful Sailing. Okay? Now, on page six of the manual, it says this, Before raising the sail, be sure that you know which way the wind is blowing in order to avoid capsizing or injury. So, you and your friend, you go out on the lake with your new boat, and before you hoist the sail, that's the technical term for raising the sail, apparently, I'm told. Is that right, Adrian? Hoist. Hoisting the sail. Before you hoist the sail, you hold up a little cloth. I don't know whether this is a good idea, but this is what... This is, anyway, you hold a little cloth in the air to see which way the wind is blowing. And your friend says to you, wait a minute, what are you doing? Why are you lifting that cloth in the air? And you say, well, I'm, uh, I'm working out which way the wind's blowing before I hoist the sail. Your friend looks at you, shakes his head, and says, haven't you read the title of this book? All you need to know for successful sailing. Why don't you just look in the manual to work out which way the wind is blowing? Now, we can make that kind of mistake. We can think to ourselves, oh, no, I shouldn't be like Philip. We shouldn't simply listen for the direction of the Holy Spirit in personal evangelism. But actually, the, the Bible doesn't rule out that sort of guidance. In fact, the Bible illustrates it. The Bible advocates it, and the Bible regulates it so we don't move into error. So I'm encouraging us today to be ready in our day-to-day -day interactions with people, let's be continually listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit, prompting us to act in particular ways. Often as we engage in conversation with people, they'll say things which provide us with opportunities and openings to be ready to share, as long as we're open to that. There's a lady called Wendy Mann. She's part of a leadership team at the King's Arms Church in Bedford. She leads a team of people who regularly go out on the streets of that town, and they engage in opportunities to speak to people, to pray for people. Uh, she's seen many miracles of healing and salvation. And uh, we're, we're hoping to get Wendy here uh, to speak to us. She's intending to come. I've been in conversation with her last week or the week before last. She's seen many miracles, as I say. On the back of her experience, she's written a book, which is entitled Naturally Supernatural. And here's just one quote from Wendy's book. She says this, The supernatural life that Jesus modeled is not reserved for a few superstar Christians. It's meant to be the normal life for every believer. All Christians are called and equipped by God to see His kingdom break in as part of their day-to-day -day life. Wherever they go, they can see people's lives transformed as they demonstrate God's love outside the four walls of the church. It's very interesting today. Someone came up to me before the meeting uh, and had received a text from someone from Street Pastors who'd had a, tr a challenging night last night. Uh, so Street Pastors go out into the, into the town uh, to care for and look after people who are perhaps a little bit worse for wear coming out of the clubs and pubs. And there are, tr there are Street Pastors in the room. And it's just a very good example a very good illustration of individuals who will be out on the streets having opportunity to connect with, engage with people in difficult situations and challenging circumstances. This book, um, 
naturally supernatural, where Wendy talks about you know, engaging in conversation with individuals. It, just, it really challenged me. I was reading it while I was on holiday in Wales, um, not this last holiday, um, back last year. And um, I was reading this book in a lovely little cottage in Wales, and I was sort of challenged by this idea, oh, I've got to go and um, I've got to just look for opportunities, look for conversation, look for opportunities to speak to people. So I've got that in my mind. And of course, when you're on holiday in Wales, there, there comes at least once, possibly more than once, but at least once where you have to have fish and chips. And so we went to the fish and chip shop, and I've got Wendy's book in my mind. I've got, oh, being prompted by the Holy Spirit, ready for, ready for action. Ready for action. I was ready for action, right? Okay. And so Helen and the boys there, because it's quite a nice day, they're sort of wait, hanging around outside the fish and chip shop, and I'm in the fish and chip shop. Right? I'm in the fish and chip shop on my own. There are two other people in the fish and chip shop. Both of them are behind the counter. There's one young guy who's serving, and there's the, the, the owner of the, sh- the chip shop. He's an older guy. Right? And so I engage in conversation with them, thinking to myself, oh, opportunity. I should look for opportunity. <laughs> My radar is out, looking for opportunity, right? And let me just fast forward now to me coming out of the fish and chip shop with my fish and chips in my hand. And so I then say to Helen, Helen, you know the book I'm reading, blah, 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 blah. Well, I've just been in the, in the fish and chip shop with these guys. And she goes, yeah. I said, well, let me recall to you, Helen, what happened. She goes, go on then, but be quick because our food will go cold. And so I said... I said, yeah. Um, so I was just talking to them about, you know, why they don't always do battered sausages in an evening because it's a bit busy and all sorts of interesting conversation like that. And, and then and I was just thinking to myself, yeah, Holy Spirit prompting, waiting for the opportunity. Then suddenly the young man says to, says to the older man, the owner of the shop, he says, how is your back at the moment? I said, Helen, that was, that was he goes, oh, wow, that's good. And, and the, the, old, the older guy said, oh, it's still not very good. And Helen's thinking, oh, this is great opportunity. And, and the, the young man turned to me, the younger man, and he looked at me and he said, he needs to do something about his back, you know. And Helen said, and so, what did you do? And I said, nothing. <laughs> I came out with my fish and chips and that was it. I got scared. I was ever so scared. It's not easy. Philip, this Philip thing, I thought, oh. I was all ready and I just left. It's not the most positive story, is it, that you've ever heard? <laughs> but I thought, got to keep going. So, Chinese takeaway in Shrewsbury, right? <laughs> there's a, there's a t- I've got a takeaway ministry, okay? T- Chinese takeaway in Shrewsbury. <laughs> right, I walk into this Chinese takeaway, right, and there is not a, pers- not a Chinese person in sight. There's no one serving me. There's, the counter is empty. I'm standing at the counter. The only other two people in the shop are uh, uh, there's, there's a, a, a two ladies sitting in the only seats. They are no more than four or five feet away from me. I'm at the counter. They're there. And I'm thinking again, oh, Wendy Man books, Naturally Supernatural, Holy Spirit Opportunity. Can I have an opportunity here? What's going to happen? And they're engaged in a conversation, obviously a mother and daughter. And the mother says to the daughter, she says, what you want to do is you want to be looking for the light. I'm thinking, ooh, ooh, maybe there's something here. And the girl's sort of looking up at the light in the ship shop, and she goes, no, no, not the light inside. And so the girl looks out the outside. She goes, no, 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 no. By the light, I'm standing at the counter, by the light, I mean the divine light. I'm, ooh, Maybe this is my moment, you know. 
maybe I should say something soon. I'm not going to say anything too quickly. And then and she says, by the divine light, I mean the gospel. Ah, I'm beginning to think maybe, perhaps, this is my introduction. Maybe, maybe I should say something here. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I missed it the first time, but maybe God's providing a better opportunity for me. I just wondered whether that was the case. I, I mean, I don't know what you would have thought, but I was thinking maybe, you know, God's thinking Terry's a bit of an idiot. He's never going to get it unless I make it abundantly clear. Well, it didn't stop there because then the older woman says to the, to the, to the daughter, I wonder if there are any charismatic evangelical churches around here. <laughs> Do you know what? I got it at that point. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your conversation. I have been overhearing, but I happen to be involved in leading one of those. And I just had an opportunity to talk to these, these guys. Apparently, the young girl, I mean, yeah, she, she, she'd seen something on TV um, which had really, uh, about Christianity, which had really moved her. She couldn't quite work out what to do about it. And so we were just had, had a conversation. I was able to invite her into this church. I don't think she's ever been. She's not here. To, well, she's not going to own up if you're here today, are you? Um, but, uh, but she hasn't been yet. But it was just a great seed-sowing opportunity. And God is so kind. He made it as easy for me as he did for Philip the Evangelist in that situation. So I want us to be encouraged that we can have opportunity. And it hasn't always got to be as clear-cut as that. I did have an opportunity to actually talk to this girl in the Chinese takeaway about Jesus. But sometimes it's not as clear-cut as that. Sometimes it's just sowing seeds of the kingdom. Let me tell you one other story which I've got permission from Reuben to tell. Reuben's walking through the corridors of his school, and suddenly he hears a familiar voice. It's someone he knows at school who is shouting in the classroom. This is not a, not a teacher, it's a, it's a pupil. And they're shouting... Uh, and swearing very loudly at their teacher, right? And Reuben's just walking past the corridor. The, the person comes storming out, who happens to be someone Reuben knows. Now, Reuben could, at this point, have just kept his head down and walked on. But no, Reuben being Reuben said, all right, are we? Right? And this person is not someone to mess with. Reuben could have easily just got punched in the face. But the person said, oh, I'm just fed up with this person and blah, 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 blah. And Reuben said, why don't you go back in there and apologize and sit down and see how the rest of the day works out? Now, greater risk of being punched at this point. And this young person looked at Reuben and said, all right, and went back in, and Reuben overheard. I don't know why he wasn't in the lesson, but anyway. <laughs> we, haven't got, we haven't got to the bottom of that one yet. But Reuben was still hanging around in the corridor, and, and he overheard this person go back in and say, sorry, miss, sorry, and just sat down. Now, I don't know any more of that story, but surely that is just another interesting example of the kingdom of God invading as we're prompted by the Holy Spirit just to say something appropriate at the right point in time. Timing, opportunity, encouragement. I want to encourage all of us that actually the supernatural workings of God have not diminished over time. 
we can still be prompted by the Holy Spirit in every context. We don't walk out of here and it all becomes secular. We walk out of here empowered by the Holy Spirit. I want us to revisit the incredible possibility that everything we see in the Bible is possible now. You see, Philip was prepared to step out. He heard the voice of the Holy Spirit and he acted upon it. And so the great lesson for Christians here today is to be ready. The great lesson, if you're not sure of your faith, is to respond in the way that that Ethiopian official responded and come to Jesus with faith. But for the rest of us, if we are Christians here today, we need to be ready to be obedient in our response when the Holy Spirit prompts us. Let's be listening and let's be ready. Let's stand together. I'd love to pray for us before we conclude. Can we just stand?